0: So, I have here with me Chris and Ellie. Hi! Hi. Um, So, I was going to ask y'all how much y'all knew about the FLDS community.
1: Well, I'll go first. Um, So, most of what I know about the FLDS community is based on like pop culture representations. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the HBO show, excuse me, Big Love, was a show about polygamy and it's really critically acclaimed. It's very good. You should check it out. Um, And then also, i think a lot of people probably are were made more aware of the flds church when national geographic did the big spread with a lot of those um really cool photos of flds families um i think those are really interesting to look at as well so that's most of what i know like i said mostly pop culture
2: yeah my experience is mainly just uh, we've i've known some individuals or some students over the years that have been um latter-day saint uh backgrounds and, and just reading about different churches and religions and such uh, over the years. Um, you know, I've just been aware of, of, the, um, of the practice. Um, so, so I'll use the term pop culture, but that's probably some of it, but also just, um, you know, through reading and research mm-hmm. casually.
0: Um, So, through my research, I was actually able to find a lot of stories of individuals that have escaped the FLDS community. Um, And so, these are just some of the things that I found to start out with. Um, They have things called young boys, and these boys would be banned because they thought that their they would take too many wives away from the older (laughs) individuals. And so they would kick them out. And as many as 1,000 children have been kicked out and banished and their parents completely left them at like the age of 18 and they had absolutely nowhere to go and their parents just kicked them out.
2: Because of what?
0: Just because they were scared that those young boys would take away the wives from the older people.
1: Love that commodification of women.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah. that's uh yeah. Yeah, and so um also
2: excellent use of the word commodification. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then there's also many stories of children dying because the parents don't take them to get care. Um we'll talk a little bit about Rachel Jeff's story with her children. Um but basically if the prophet said you couldn't go to the hospital, you couldn't go. So, I mean, if you had cancer or a broken leg, sometimes if he said you couldn't go, you couldn't go.
2: Say the if the prophet, say more about this prophet.
0: So the prophet is actually Warren Jeffs. Warren Jeffs has actually been convicted and is in prison. Um, for yeah, I
2: definitely wear Warren Jeffs. I didn't know who that you were talking about uh, as the prophet. That, okay.
0: Yeah, so he's actually running the church from jail. Um, they said that his restrictions I guess have gotten a lot worse you're not allowed to hug your spouse you're not allowed to kiss them you're not allowed to shake their hand um you good could-
1: for preventing the spread of COVID
0: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so basically so, well, I'm not gonna make fun
0: <laughs> so yeah um and there's been stories of just like the women have to leave their wives they weren't allowed to go to the compounds which the compounds is a whole nother story that we'll talk about um but another big thing that we're finding is the lack of law enforcement so they're using their religion to get out of molestation charges um of banish like abandoning their children charges and honestly a lot of law enforcement in those areas is run by the FLDS community. Um, So I talked a little bit about Rachel Jeffs. So I'm gonna talk about her story first. So she was actually a daughter of Warren Jeffs. Um, And so at the tender age of 12, Warren Jeffs started getting raped by her father and her Rachel Jeffs yes she would get raped by her father and her father at first called her in there and just like showed her what a man looked like and then it continuously got worse Um, he would make her touch him and when she wouldn't he would force her and one time so that she didn't have to feel forced she touched it that touched him and then he turned around and blamed it on her and said, you're no longer pure. Like, you did this on your own.
1: How many kids did Warren Jeffs have? Like, how many girls was this probably happening to?
0: Um, There is two known children that this has happened to. I don't know how many kids he had, but he did have over 80 wives. I was about to say,
2: it's gotta be a lot of- It's a lot
1: of math.
0: Yeah. Um, I know I watched a documentary where somebody tried to do their family tree and it was like three pages long. And I was like... Mm. Yeah. Um, so at the age of 18, Warren Jeffs ended up getting married to Rich Allridge, Allred. He already had two wives. Um, and those wives hated Rachel Jeff. Um, they were mean to her from the very start. Um, but it it kind of seemed that Rich had a favoritism towards her I guess and so I guess that's where a lot of it came from
2: was part of that the fact that I mean was it a special arranged marriage because she was the daughter of the of the prophet or?
0: yeah so I think that's what a lot of the wives sure. felt um, I guess scared of mm-hmm. um, but Warren Jeffs actually told Rachel to ask for a baby the night of their marriage And she had met this man the day before. Um, And so she ended up waiting a couple months, which technically she could be damned to hell for that based on their religion. Um, But she ended up having a child named Barbie. Um, And Barbie had, so this is gonna be one of those stories about them not letting them go to the hospital. Barbie actually fell out of the two-story building onto concrete, um, and they wouldn't let her go to the hospital, um, and that when ex- yeah, and so when they finally did take her, they found out she had, um, broken hip, broken leg, um, broken arm, and, like, it was really touch-and-go for a while. How and old
1: I was she when this happened?
0: I think she was, like, three. Yep. She was young. <laughs> um and so after barbie was born rachel had a lot of miscarriages um and so in the flds if you had sex with your spouse while you were pregnant like you were the destroyer of that baby had you had had you had sexual relationships and then had a miscarriage um and so Rachel Jess ended up having a lot of miscarriages. I think she had like four, don't quote me on that. Um, but what ended up happening was Rachel Jeffs got banned from the church for a long time. Um, and she wasn't ever allowed to take Barbie. Um, and Barbie had to stay with her sister wives and her sister wives would often abuse Barbie. Um, locking her in a closet leaving her there, spanking her, um, making her stay upstairs when other people were downstairs having fun.
2: How many sister wives were there?
0: There was two at this point. Um,
2: All living in the same house?
0: Yes. And that was another thing, whenever Rachel Jeffs moved out into the home of Rich, it was kind of a rundown house. Um, And so Warren Jeffs ended up building them a whole new home. And in order to get him more walks. It
1: sounds like Warren Jeffs also had a lot of money.
0: So the money situation was odd. Um, He had a lot of money, but it came from his followers. Mm -hmm. Um, So if anybody was on any kind of government welfare, they took the welfare cards and spent the money how they pleased. And then... um, there's a, even a story after the miscarriage where Rachel Jeffs gets um, banned from the church, mm-hmm. and she's take to a taken to a safe house. I guess it is, and um, during this time, she had already applied for her like food stamps, and there was one time that her and her son had to live off of one bag of rice for three months or three weeks. Um, and so it was really up to the leaders of the church to determine who got the food.
2: Now, Warren Jeffs ascended into a role in, mm-hmm. in the, um, I'm getting the acronym wrong, FDLS, mm-hmm. is, F-L- he is F-L-D-S, F-L-
1: Latter- The
2: Fundamentalist Latter-day Saints. Fundamentalist Latter-day Saints, so F-L-D-S, Latter-day Saints he ascended into a role and then he did not start this faction of it right okay
0: yeah so his um his dad was actually the prophet for a while i got you um, okay. which he also had like 80 wives marrying like a 14 year old at the age of 80 um but yeah there was also Rachel Jeffs her mother one of the sister wives was actively dying and Rachel Jeffs didn't know until very late on um, and Warren Jeffs would not allow her mother to get treatment. Um, And so Rachel Jeffs really didn't get to see her mom during the dying process. Um, They let her go to the hospital, but when they got to the hospital, it was too late. The mother had already passed. and so there was a lot of weird rules put in place, like they had to move to um, these compounds as they called them, and they weren't allowed to watch TV, they weren't allowed to laugh, they weren't allowed to listen to the radio, they weren't allowed to listen to any music that wasn't made by them. They also, te- what,
2: what time period are we dealing with right here?
0: Oh, this is now. Okay. Yeah.
1: I, I want to know what that music was like. That, they're, that they were making themselves. I want to hear about the FLDS Garage Bands.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, Rachel Duff's actually apparently played the violin and the piano. Okay, that's cool. But I I have no idea what that music looked like or sounded <laughs> like, so use your imagination. Got it. <laughs> um, But yeah, there was just a lot of weird roles that were coming up and they tend to get worse after um, Warren Jeffs was put in jail. She said it was like he was trying to make them like they were living in jail. Mm -hmm. Um, So like having no relationship. And really their food options got really weird. He banned milk and like cottage cheese and squash, just random (laughs) things. And nobody really understood why
1: so, I have a question then. So, mm-hmm. if he's in jail and he's making all of these ridiculous rules and he's not actually there to enforce them however he would, mm-hmm. why are they, like, what's the what's the oversight? Like, how, why are they following it? Why are they not just being like, yeah, we're totally not eating cottage cheese and then eating cottage cheese because he's not there to stop them?
0: Yeah, so the prophet is actually, he speaks to God. He's the only one that's able to get... Conversations from God. Mm -hmm. And so these people are brainwashed that if they don't follow every rule, then they're damned to hell. And that's the end of that story. And so I think a lot of the reason people follow these rules is because they're scared. Like they don't Mm -hmm. know. They're brainwashed, they're scared, and they don't really know anything different. Yeah,
1: they don't know to question
0: that. Yeah. And so also, Rachel Jeffs, um, she had a few sisters that she absolutely adored, but her father would separate them, um, so she wasn't allowed to see her family really ever, her sisters, her mother, and it comes, like, you come to find out that I think the reason that he wanted them apart was because Rachel had a sister, and that sister was also raped by Warren Jeffs, um, And hers started at the age of six. Um, And so I think a lot of them were already questioning the religion, and I think he believed if they were together, they would leave. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, that
2: makes sense. Um, Yeah, and and thinking about your question, I'm more, my fascination with religious cult work has has drifted more towards Scientology, so I'm a little bit more familiar with, with that group um but you were talking about why do they not just do these things it's just interesting the the power that that these leaders have over over these people to you know that that they wouldn't question it because that person is the i mean i'm i would classify myself as a as a christian and it's interesting to see how even we like we just go by the rule of our pastors or our religious leaders and kind of like well if if pastor says it then you know and without any real critical thought and you know people in my religion which all religions are essentially cultish um you know if you if we would look at those people and say like well i just can't believe that they would not eat cottage cheese for but truthfully there are so many things that people of Jewish backgrounds or Christian backgrounds, Protestant kinds of things that that we do and don't do simply because religious leaders have said, do and don't do this. And we don't question it. And some of these take a really dark turn.
0: Yeah. And so that really does beg the question, what is religious extremism? Mm -hmm. Do you have a definition?
2: Well, I, so I, (laughs) I have a a snarky uh, description. I mean, I, I think, I think religious extremism would be, I can't think of another way to say it other than exactly what it, it says. It's taking a, an idea or an identity or a religion and it's pushing that to its extremes. It's reading things into it that um, maybe are there but pushing that That so far we, we watched um, this weekend. I had not seen the movie 12 Years a Slave, uh, but we, we watched that this weekend and you know, I, I'm well aware of the of the biblical passages that talk about slaves and and subservants to masters and such, and seeing those things used, you know, throughout that movie, those passages used as a, like, a threat to or a justification for action mm-hmm. against other human beings, I, I would classify that kind of thing as religious extremism, as saying, like, I'm... I am able to own you, human being, as property and abuse you as I see fit because this passage says this thing. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, I think religious extremism is the application of a religious idea with no critical thought to mm-hmm. it, um, uh, you know, in terms of moral right or wrong or any of those kinds of things. So I that's not a great answer, but that's, you know, I, I think it's not taking critical thought into play when when applying some of those practices
0: yeah and you say it's not a great answer but it seems that no one has really come up with an awesome answer about exactly what religious extremism is because there is so many different defining factors for so many different people well
2: and it and it it's, it depends on perspective I mean I, I, I won't say who because we're on the podcast but I just got a call from somebody who I'm very close friends with mm-hmm. who sees religion very differently than I do and would probably in some ways classify me or any of my christian ilk people as religious extremists, right? Mm-hmm. Because there are things that I do and don't do based off of this off of this religious idea or identity that I have and to somebody that has no application of that, to somebody that operates completely independent of a religious identity, they're going to view they could view any application of religious pra- practices and principles as extremism, mm-hmm. whereas somebody like me, who I would consider myself extremely moderate, in fact, my church would view me as extremely liberal. But I'm I'm on that side of it, so I would look at other people and say, "Look, well, no, that's religious extremism." Mm-hmm. So the, the the definition or who you're pointing at kind of depends on where you're sitting on that. Mm-hmm. So so that's yeah, it, it very much very much depends on perspective
1: yeah Yeah, oh i mean i am not a super religious person so i i mean i grew up in a church i don't i don't think that chris is a religious extremist but (laughs) (laughs) i think that it's just even as someone who is not particularly like not super religious i I think it's so hard to be subjective about this. Um, Excuse me, objective. It's very hard to be objective about this because so many people have some encounter with religion at some point in their life, especially in the United States and living in the Southeast. Um, It's really hard to classify religious extremism, just because you know how do you how do you maintain objectivity Mm -hmm. to do that? I do think like. You can point at clear abuses of power, though, within religious dynamics. That it's a lot easier to point at, even if you do have a religious background.
2: Well, and one religious extremism has been has been couched so often with appropriately so harm, mm-hmm. right? If it's terrorism, if it's a sexual abuse kinds of things, if it's slavery, if it's you know a lot of times it's it's or self harm. I mean, there mm-hmm. are there are. Factions of religions that that you know self mutilation is is encouraged and, and and desired as a as a kind of whatever piety and and so so I think harm is the 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 primary dictator of what we would call well that's religious extremism but it, it it can be much more subtle than that I think I don't think that's the only way that it can be defined but that's what it's it's paired so often with
0: yeah. And I think that's kind of where I have a problem with, um, the FLDS community, because while there is rapes, um, occurring, but that's in everyday society, as sad as that is, but some of these people aren't getting physically abused, but it's mentally, um, and I think sometimes mental, being mentally abused can be more physically harmful than being actually physically abused. Um, and like this goes to the story of Rachel Jeffs also had a sister that wanted to commit suicide like she was dead set on it and Rachel had to tell her you know is this religion worth killing yourself over Um, is this mental abuse worth it or should you leave and go get the help you need and so that's also um, her other sister that she was really good friends with um and they ended up they left the church um Rachel also had another son his name was Nathaniel and I think one of her breaking points was he also fell out of a building and hit his head and they said that his brain was so swollen and she still has not been to the doctor for him um even after escaping but when she had to escape Rachel actually had her sisters come. She put the children in the car first, let them leave. And the next night, Rachel was basically harassed by the leaders. Um, they banged on her door, said she was going to hell, that her kids were going to hell, um, that she had nowhere to go. And even after Rachel left, they followed her um, in her car. They would, And she ended up having to move... Um, across the country to get away from these people um but just some of that I feel like is so mentally debilitating that even after like how even if you do escape an FLDS community or even any religious extremist group how do you function normally
1: well I think we also like as a culture have such a stigma against like the mormon church in general i think Mm -hmm. we associate like there are plenty of mormon people who don't do any of these awful things like they live very normal lives that's just their religion and i think that we still stigmatize like just someone who is a practicing mormon and i think like how much worse it would be if you found Mm -hmm. out like someone had left the flds church or was leaving the flds church just in general society you would be like even if someone's still nice to you, they're still going to think of you differently because you've um, endured this really strange and stigmatized experience.
0: Yeah. And I think that's another misconception. So Mormonism, I talked about in the history portion of this podcast, but it was broken up into two portions, the LDS and the FLDS. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's still a lot of confusion um, and they often get grouped together. Yeah, definitely. Um, But the LDS has... um, they abandoned polygamy and that's how flds was formed and so i do think that even when they do get out of these religions there is a lot of stigmatism like you said
2: yeah and i mean and that kind of thing you know again not to take it back to christianity too much but i i never forget if my wife is first church of god or church of god and i've heard the stories (laughs) of how the two fell apart and why there's a first church of god and a church of god and all the, these kinds of things, and these factions of religions, you know, yeah, are carried with them very deep, passionate, you know, beliefs in terms of why they believe these certain things. And getting out of any of those, it, it is hard to, it, it is sometimes hard to function when your essentially foundational belief has, uh, the way that you see the world gets shifted, especially at a certain age, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that can be really, it can be really tough to engage in society because you don't necessarily know. And that's that's why you see some people that have such trouble getting out of it because that's all they know. You see some people get out of it and the pendulum swings the entire opposite direction and they, mm-hmm. you know, they move away from it and make decisions that may be worse than what they were, I don't want to say that, but but are just as bad as when they were in that, because they, they then have no compass, or no, right. so, I don't know, that's, it's, it can be really hard to pull people out of those kinds of extremist cult-like areas.
0: Yeah, and that was another thing with Rachel and her sisters, is, yes, they left the church, But they were still wearing their hair up in a bun. Like, they were forced. And they were still wearing the long dresses that they're homemade. And, like, it's just small things like that that other people wouldn't realize. But it's so ingrained in them. And even leaving where they had that, I don't want to call it, um, where they had that, like, forced perspective of things, like, they still have that belief. So it's really hard to differentiate between like individuals that are still in the religion and aren't, cause they still share some of the belief systems.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it would almost be like, you know, uh, to an extreme, level, it would almost be m- like me telling you like, no, you can actually fly. Yeah. Right. Like, no, you, you can. And you'd be like, no, I no, that, that's not a thing. I'm, I'm incapable of flight yeah. as a human being. And me being like, no, actually I'm really serious. <laughs> like that's a thing. You can do that. Mm-hmm. It's some of these things are so inconceivable to people that that have have built their lives on these kind of foundational principles that like the world operates in this way mm-hmm. and so to to decouple yourself from that, no there are certain things that people just would have no concept of it's not on the radar that that oh i I, I could do that thing. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's especially true for women who are in these like religious extremist groups a lot of the time it's the women that are told like you can't do this you can't do this you can't do this and so coming to a point of empowerment where you realize you can do these things like you can live independently you can get a job you can wear your hair differently um yeah i just think it's interesting that a lot of this stuff is men telling women what they can and can't do yeah
0: and and so rachel jeffs was actually taught her whole life be sweet um and they would always tell her, be sweet, be sweet. You can't, not only can you not show that you're jealous, you're not allowed to feel it. Because if you feel it, then you're going to be damned to hell or you're defying God. Um, so they were always told to just follow what other people told them to do. And so that also begs the question, when they get out in society, are they going to know how to function on their own or are they going to be waiting for somebody, the next person to tell them like mm-hmm. what they need to do with their lives?
1: And I will say another pop culture reference of the FLDS Church, sort of, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which is, like, it's a comedy, but it's a bunch of women escape a bunker, and this, like, crazy guy has been telling them that the world is ending. So they're a group of sister wives who live in a bunker, and they all escape, but one of them just keeps ending up with, like, weird cult leader guys. So highly recommend another great show, Very Funny, but... (laughs) I I love
2: the actress that plays in that. I've never seen the show. Ellie Uh, Kemper? I guess that's right. Okay. Yeah, I, I like her a lot. I've not watched that show. It's
1: another Tina Fey.
2: But, but it's, it's yeah, it seems really good. I, I, I might need to watch that at some point. Um, but, I, you know, what you're talking about right there, like you shouldn't feel jealousy and all this. And I, and I don't want to sound like a one, uh, you know, bang on one note here, but, you know, in, in Christianity, Jesus said if you look at somebody else and lust after them, like take a sharp object and jab your eyeball out, right? Because you you have committed lust and you have committed sin, right? If you look at somebody and say like, "Oh, that's an attractive person," damn it! You, you know, <laughs> yeah, go two
1: eyes. <laughs> ah, I can
2: only do this one more time. It's, so that's just you know there are these that's extremist kind of kind of language and such, and so you know I, I we talk about you know if. FLDS or whatever, as as like, well, you know, if if they feel jealousy, they're damned to hell. Yeah, a lot of religions have those kinds of things mm-hmm. that are are that people just accept as, as like, oh well, if I if I find somebody attractive or lust after somebody, that I'm, you know, I'm damned to hell. So yeah, yeah it, it's it's not that far. Again, the conversation is about extremists, and where is the line on extremism? Is the is the interesting question that you're asking.
1: how do you interpret like are these like suggestions is it more of like a tone or an idea rather than like a physical action to like stab out your eyeballs Mm -hmm. yeah emotionally stab out your eyeballs that's exactly or cut your (laughs) hand
2: off or things like that like there's some rough stuff in those and and so yeah yeah how do you interpret that
0: yeah and that's another um often another point that many people bring up with religious extremism is how much are you going to follow that scripture so like are you actually going to jab your eyeballs out or uh, is it don't do that again um or there will be punishment when it comes to that time and so that that has actually been a large conversation in the definition or when with people trying to define religious extremism um so, another person that I, have I guess, researched was Brielle Decker. She was the 65th wife of Warren Jeffs. Yeah. 65th of how many? Over
1: 80. 80 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry, I missed that.
0: Whew. Yeah, and so she literally escaped because she took a screwdriver, unscrewed her window from her trailer, and was kicking it in. And her sister, wife came in, took the screwdriver, and like basically got onto her that she was trying to escape. Um, but she did. She ended up escaping in the middle of the night. She ended up kicking out that window. But it's it's like what extremes do you have to go through to get out of these religions if you have to kick out a window and sneak out?
2: Right. At, at a certain point, that's that's not that's that's kidnapping. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's abduction. That, that, or you know or, or whatever it is like holding somebody against their will at that level that's mm-hmm. yeah that's not even religious extremism that's well it's ridiculous but.
0: yeah and she would often hide from Warren Jeffs because she didn't want to have sexual relationships with him and I mean she ended up not having to have sexual relations with him but like I said there's 12 year olds that have kids by warren jeff so i mean i don't want to call her a lucky one because nobody is lucky in that situation but in the grand scheme of things it it could have been much much worse um but she actually founded i'll talk a little bit uh, more about short creek but she basically went to trial and got a home that was huge that warren jeff used to live in and she found out she had rights to it um And the government actually helped her pay for $800,000 worth of it, and she had to pay $400,000. But she's turned it into, like, a refuge for people that are trying to escape, and it's on the Utah-Arizona border, um, right where a lot of the FLDS community is located.
1: It's really cool. I looked it up on your website. It's very, yeah, it's really interesting, and it's such a small... It's like a very small community in the middle of the desert. Like, if you look at the map, it's yeah, yeah.
0: very remote. And I think that's the nice thing is this isn't just like a generalized story um, or place of refuge for religious extremists. It's people that have been through what you've been through. And so I feel like that's why a lot of people love it there. Um, there's also a story of Beth. Um, Beth was excommunicated. And she got a lawyer involved to get her children um, because her children were still in the FLDS community. But by the time she got her children back, they hated her. Like they were brainwashed to hate their mother and like would not go with her, Um, fought the whole thing. The whole FLDS community was outside. Police had to come. Her older children didn't want to be around her. And so it's just really hard if you're born into these religions how do you question something Mm -hmm. that's the only thing you've grown up with and uh, they were told that their mother was basically the devil and you believe it because she did something that nobody else really does Um, and then there's also, I mean the stories go on and on but Rebecca Musser um, she was forced to marry Rulon which was um, Rulon Jeffs was the earlier prophet. And she was 19 years old. And she was forced to marry an 85-year-old man. Um, she was how old? 19.
2: Nice.
0: Yeah, Um. so... So they told her that if she ever denied sex from him, that she would be damned to hell. Um, so she was raped essentially four times before he died. And then they told her that she had to marry... Warren Jeffs or else she was also damned to hell and they were going to excommunicate her and not help her in any way um and she was actually she actually testified against Warren Jeffs she was one of the reasons that he got prosecuted for the rape of the 12 and 14 year old but she considers herself a slave um she said she did what they told her to because If not, she was going to get abused. And so that also begs the question is, I know we define slavery in history um, as African-Americans, but to what extent are religions um, turning individuals into slaves?
1: So So I have a question. So Mm -hmm. polygamy is illegal Mm -hmm. in the United States. Yeah. How are they just it's like you said earlier are they just using their religion to avoid these legal charges i know they're like they'll have like emo- like spiritual marriages and they'll be like legally married to one wife and like spiritually married to however 64 or so of them yeah but how does that work
0: yeah so for the flds they spiritually marriage um they have one place where they marry individuals i think it's like four rooms and they will only marry in one room um But yeah it's like you're married under god Mm. um they're usually married to their first wife and really they're told if you're not married to at least three people then you're not um, like a good flds member so i was
2: actually going to ask that that question like what's the why 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 the desire to have 80 wives or or 10 wives like you could say two wives like What's the what's the what's the calling to have ten wives?
0: Yeah, um, I think it it gets really confusing, and I think this is definitely where the prophets have started to make this up on their own because Joseph Smith, the original founder of polygamy, he said like you can have multiple wives. He never gave a number, though, and so I think that number, like just came from profits over time just saying oh you need more wives and it, it was seen the more wives that you had like the higher up you were well that's what
2: I was wondering is it like a status thing like I've collected a number of wives and so I'm because it, it also doesn't sound like the women have a lot of choice it doesn't sound like there's a courting phase with you know with these women like let's go on a date and see it's more like no I'm married to you I would also like you so you're married to me <laughs> So, I guess I'm just, is it status? Is it calling? Like a, you know, a, a religious kind of like push? Is it that you can see the most children in the world? Or I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. So, the way that Warren Jeffs has explained it is that, is that God tells him who should marry who. Um, and actually, dating or even talking to a woman before you're married to them is considered a sin. Um, gotcha yeah and so it's it's really complex because it's like is there a number of wives that gives you a higher status but to me it seems the people that are of higher status have more wives but was that because god told them that they needed to marry all these people um but yeah that the wives are picked out by the prophet or somebody of higher power in the church so they have absolutely no say in who they marry it's literally, the wife is told you're marrying him tomorrow. You can't meet him before. You will consummate your marriage the day of the marriage. Yeah. Guess they don't.
1: No dating apps in the FLDS community. <laughs> no.
0: No. They're not even allowed computers or TVs. And you know, many people didn't even know Warren Jeffs was convicted or even in jail for a long time
1: because he just kept like how is he if they're not using computers how is he getting his message out
0: (laughs) that's the thing it's literally they're allowed to have one phone and it's to communicate with their prophet interesting yeah and i mean i've watched some of the like court trials and this man is scary like and I feel like he could convince anyone that what he's saying is true and that's the scary part about this religion.
1: Well that's what happens with so many cult leaders is that people start following them because they're likable and charismatic mm-hmm. and they, and then it just spirals out of control from there. Yeah Yeah,
2: yeah no. I mean these are people that, that got into their position because of a certain amount of charisma or a certain amount of um, ability to persuade or whatnot. It's yeah. it's scary.
0: That's all I have for you guys. Is there anything else y'all wanted to talk about?
2: I I mean something happy, like I don't don't know.
0: Um, so yeah, there's yeah, because this is sad. Yeah, so Rachel Jeffs um actually is now married. She has all her children, and she she's enjoying life. She got to move um, into a home with her husband. Um, Brielle Decker she's now saving lives of individuals leaving Um, there's been many people that have gone through her they have wonderful counseling Um, I know there's a lot of communications of people and they you know they get together and talk about their situations and so I think sometimes there's a community outside of the FLDS of ex-FLDS members and so I think that outside of the FLDS community there is hope um, because there, there is a lot of resources. Um, I know people are told there's not, but there is. Um, and people really do want to help them get out of such a toxic thing.
2: Yeah, it's as, I know I said I wanted in on a happy note, but a- as a parent, you know, I've said there are things that I don't want. I don't want my kids to, they're going to make mistakes, but I don't want you to make, like, the big mistake, right? Like, don't do crack cocaine or <laughs> don't, you know, get so drunk or get drunk, period. But don't drink so much that you end up putting yourself in danger, or you know all these these kinds of things. I I remember getting really scared when I don't know if this is one of the ones you all talk about, but the um, Heaven's Gate um, cult that that all you know, 27 people killed themselves or whatever when the comet was flying by because they believed they were going to ride on the comet or whatever. These were not unintelligent people, right? Like these were people who were in college or, or had degrees or, or were were married and had had lives. Like, these were people who who weren't just, some of them were susceptible to these things, obviously, and, and had really bad life circumstances and got swept up into it. But not all of them were just, like, complete, like, ridiculous people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you think about these kind of real religious extremist groups and some people are just looking for place to belong and a place mm-hmm. to to like get along with people and some of these now some of these like F L D S is more of a birth you're, you're you're into it but some of these other cults that people just kind of get swept into just because they don't have any friends and they just they're like well this is a place where I can be accepted and and it can lead to some really dark places so I'm glad some people have made it out I'm definitely gonna go look up Short Creek and some other other things on this but no thanks for Thanks for uh, educating us on
0: this. Yeah, so you can check out my website. It has a lot of links um, to places and resources that you could find um, if you, for some reason, ever ran into an FLDS member trying to leave. Um, There's a lot of things out there, and the history is also on my podcast as well. Yeah.
1: Okay, great. Cool. Thanks, Peyton.